It's Friday, January 17th, 2020, 115 days since the House began its impeachment inquiry, and this is Impeachment Today. Good morning. I'm Hayes Brown, reporter and editor at BuzzFeed News. Happy Friday. Things are moving forward, finally, and next week will be when we really dive into the arguments for and against the president's removal from office. For today, we're talking to BuzzFeed News Editor-in-Chief Ben Smith about the man whose political future is on the line in this trial, President Donald J. Trump. But before we get to all that, let's catch up on what happened yesterday. Well, let the games begin. Trump's trial in the Senate kicked off yesterday. First, the Senate welcomed the House to present the articles of impeachment against the president. Lead manager Adam Schiff delivered the charges as 99 of the 100 senators sat silently. In all of this, President Trump abused the powers of the presidency by ignoring and injuring national security and other vital national interests to obtain an improper personal political benefit. He has also betrayed the nation by abusing his high office to enlist a foreign power in corrupting democratic elections. Wherefore, President Trump, by such conduct, has demonstrated that he will remain a threat to national security and the Constitution if allowed to remain in office, and has acted in a manner grossly incompatible with self-governance and the rule of law. President Trump thus warrants impeachment and trial, removal from office, and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. When that was complete, they took a brief pause before four senators, chosen by the majority and minority leader, escorted Chief Justice John Roberts to the Senate chamber. If you couldn't tell yet, the start of an impeachment trial is super formalized with very specific rules for how everything proceeds. And the result is that everything has a very serious, heavy kind of feel to it. Even the cops in the Capitol building have to be more dressed up than normal. Okay, so next, Chuck Grassley, who is basically the head of the Senate when the vice president isn't around, swore in the chief justice. I attend the Senate in conformity with your notice for the purpose of joining with you for the trial of the President of the United States. I am now prepared to take the oath. Will you place your left hand on the Bible and raise your right hand? Do you solemnly swear that in all things appertaining to the trial of the impeachment of Donald John Trump, President of the United States, now pending, you will do impartial justice according to the Constitution and the laws, so help you God. I do. God bless you. He in turn got all of the senators to swear the special oath they need to take to become a jury in an impeachment trial. Senators now stand or remain standing uh, and raise their right hand. Do you solemnly swear that in all things appertaining to the trial of the impeachment of Donald John Trump, President of the United States, now pending, you will do impartial justice according to the Constitution and laws, so help you God. 99 senators then came forward to sign their names in a book signifying their commitment to their oath. Jim Inhofe of Oklahoma had a family emergency and will take his oath on Tuesday. They then hit pause and recessed from being an impeachment trial until Tuesday. 
Besides all the pomp, there were more new developments in the case against Trump. First, the Government Accountability Office, which is a watchdog agency, uh, an independent body that has oversight responsibilities over the government. It had some big news on Thursday. The GAO was looking into the White House holding nearly $400 million in military aid to Ukraine last summer. You know, the thing that the president is accused of doing to get Ukraine to announce investigations that would boost Trump's re-election bid? The thing that is uh, in the first article of impeachment? Well, according to the GAO, the White House definitely broke the law when sitting on those funds. Quote, Faithful execution of the law does not permit the president to substitute his own policy priorities for those that Congress has enacted into law. And since that hold wasn't a programming delay like the White House has tried to argue, the GAO concluded that the law in question, the Impound Control Act, was violated. That law was passed back in 1974 over Nixon's veto to keep him from holding up funds Congress had passed in order to do whatever the fuck he wanted. It's like they were trying to keep it from happening again or something. The report also indirectly weighed in on the second article of impeachment, obstruction of Congress. The Trump administration has turned over zero documents related to the Ukraine scandal to Congress. And the GAO didn't have much luck either. That uh, reluctance caused the GAO to conclude their report by saying, we consider a reluctance to provide a fulsome response to have constitutional significance. So next time someone tries to tell you that the impeachment is a sham because there were no laws broken, slap down that official report and be like, bam, GAO-owned. Don't if you want to still have friends. And finally, Rudy Giuliani's former Soviet-born consigliere turned Brutus, Lev Parnas, has more tea to spill. He continued his media blitz on Thursday saying that, uh, yeah, Trump wanted this investigation because it would hurt Biden and for no other reason. But despite Parnas insisting that Trump knew everything he was doing when digging up dirt on the Bidens in Ukraine, the president is still like, uh... Whomst? I don't even know who this man is, other than I guess he attended fundraisers, so I take a picture with him. Uh, I'm in a room, I take pictures with people, I take thousands and thousands of pictures with people all the time, thousands during the course of a year. Uh, and it, oftentimes I'll be taking a picture with somebody, I'll say, I wonder what newspaper that one's going to appear in. No, I don't know him, perhaps he's a fine man, perhaps he's not, I know nothing about him. Damn, that's like 11 Mariah Carey I don't know hers out of 10. And now for our final mixometer reading of the week. Well, I'm not a crook. On our scale of zero, normal day in a normal White House, 10, President Richard Nixon resigns and flies away in Marine One. This morning we're at an 8.0. There's a lot riding on Tuesday when we'll learn for sure how the first part of the trial will proceed. And that's gonna set the stage for what people will be seeing live, the actual case against the president. Okay, after the break, we talked to Ben Smith about Trump and how he's been handling this whole impeachment thing. Be right back. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. 
What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters? Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name? Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Our vast network has the NFL's best talent bringing you right into the action each week. There's always room to add more football into your podcast rotation, and our vast group of shows will surely keep you up to date with everything you need to know surrounding the National Football League. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. All right, it is time for this fucking guy. And today we've got the fucking guy on deck. The fucking guy in chief, as it were, President Donald Trump. Joining me to talk about the president and what this trial means for the contest to be the next president is BuzzFeed News Editor-in-Chief Ben Smith. Thank you for joining me, Ben. Thanks so much for having me. So we're out here in Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Podcast Awards later tonight. Does it feel weird to be this far behind the impeachment news cycle back in New York and D.C. when everyone is focused on this moment? You know, I watched the Parnas interview on the flight out here and was totally riveted and woke up at yeah five this morning in L.A. to make sure that I was in sync with East Coast Twitter. So I feel really great. Uh, you're way above and beyond me right now. I definitely was scrolling through Twitter as soon as I woke up as well, but I kind of accepted the fact that I was a bit behind. So if we went back to January 2017 and I told you that Trump would be seeing not only calls for impeachment, but we'd be at the start of his Senate trial before the end of his first term, would you have believed it or was this just unavoidable? Yeah, I think I would have said I can't believe it took this long. Oh, wow. Like, how did he manage to get out of it for so long? And I think, you know, Trump reportedly said, you know, I can't believe this is the thing they went after before. And and I think of all the things, sure, it's in some ways the cleanest, but could have been something else. It could have been something else. But I really think that it seemed like this time they felt like they had the goods very early compared to the Mueller investigation when things were sort of coming out, kind of, and it was all behind closed doors because it was a criminal case. Yeah. And, and the worst and the absolute most damning allegations that people made about his contact with the Russians turned out not to be true. So Mueller's findings, I think, were in some strange way, seemed not that bad. Whereas this one is so straightforward. It's so straightforward. It's so clear from everything, including the transcript-ish that the president released, that this is what he wanted. This is how he went about trying to get it. So the president is famously thin-skinned. What do you think? Has he been worse than normal since this impeachment process began all the way back in September? You know, I think this is him and his element in a certain way. You know, it's it's a fight with an enemy who he can go at and demonize. It is absolutely fundamentally about him. Mm, True. And I think that's where, you know, that's sort of where he lives. That's where the magic happens for Donald Trump. Do you think that he's been more emboldened since it started to go out and like attack the whistleblower and go on the offensive in a way that we haven't seen yet? 
I think that, you know, there may have been a moment when he had doubts about whether he would hold the Republican Party together around this Mm -hmm. and had to worry about that and had to lose sleep about that and that we're past that point. And he only has one move, which is to just play hard to that base. And I think that they are really with him here. That's true. He does like to point out now that we won, is how he phrased it, 197 to zero in the House. He phrases the fact that no Republicans voted for his impeachment as a win. Do you think that's right? I mean, I think that the biggest risk to him is what it was to Nixon, which is the Republican Party falls apart. We live in this totally polarized Hmm. society where things only move fast. The way, for instance, the Me Too movement against Harvey Weinstein moved Mm. fast when partisans of both sides agree. That's a pretty fair point. Okay, this is pretty meta, but so earlier this month, Trump decided to kill a top Iranian general. And for a second there, everyone was really worried that we were going to start a war with Iran. The whole time there was a debate about whether it was Trump trying to intentionally distract people from impeachment. Where do you fall on that? Was the president putting us through a wag the dog situation to reference a movie that is older than I assume many of our listeners at this point? You know, I think that you can sort of misinterpret Trump as being this kind of cynical, manipulative Mm. mastermind. I mean, I think sometimes it's best to interpret him as trying to make America great again. Wait, wait, wait. Unpack that a little bit. I mean, I think he wanted to kill the guy because he thought he was a bad guy and that he had sort of insulted Trump's personal honor and America's honor. And he'd Mm. watched a lot of documentaries about Benghazi on Fox News and kind of associated it with that and chose the most aggressive option, one that was really outside the kind of recent tradition of American foreign policy and incredibly high risk and incredibly like poorly researched. But I mean, that, <laughs> that's the guy who we elected. Right. And I remember seeing there was some reporting that said, uh, I was buried in a Wall Street Journal article. It said that the president told people after the strike that he was feeling pressure from certain GOP senators to take this action. And he felt compelled to do it because of their vote in the impeachment the, trial. The, that he ha- thought it would help with their votes in the impeachment trial. But it was, it's also now been reported. I mean, I think there was a distraction that like there was some fake imminent. He, he lied about an imminent strike, which mm-hmm. which made you think it was a wag the dog. I think later emerged to prove this thing seven months ago. Right. right that is very true. Okay, so how has the Trump re-election campaign been talking about impeachment? Because you'd think that for most incumbents, it'd be bad to try to run for re-election with the fact that you were impeached hanging over you. Well, right now, they're basically using it to raise money, to mm-hmm. gin up support, you know, to energize people who voted for him, who support him, and who believe that this is an elite conspiracy to remove him. So, Ben, it seems like the strategy for Trump right now, now that he's really gotten over his back and forth between, uh, do I want a long trial? Do I want them to dismiss it? Is to get acquitted in the Senate, which it looks like Republicans are going to do, and then go out there and say, I did nothing wrong. See, they said so. Do you think that will really work out there? You know, it's hard to know what it even means to work in American politics these days. I mean, I think that Republicans will stand by Donald Trump, that the 30-something percent will absolutely stand by him, that somewhere approaching 50 percent will never forgive him and never right. – and, and that there's a relatively small number of people in, in a handful of states for whom this probably isn't the most pressing thing in the world and will vote, will make up their minds in October <laughs> based on other stuff. That's fair for you know the top of the ballot, but let's say the president is acquitted, but there is more like damaging information that comes out during the trial. Is there a chance he'd actually be a weight down ballot for Republicans versus the boost that presidents can provide when they are running for re-election. Yeah, I think right now he looks like a huge weight down ballot. He's just very unpopular in the suburbs. I think even the plans for his victory often involve him losing the popular vote and you take down a lot of members of the House and the Senate with you and you do that. Wow. Which would mean even more chaos for Trump's second term if he's facing a Democratic House and Senate. Okay, we've talked twice now and 
the last time we spoke, it was about the politics of impeachment. You expressed the view that nothing had really changed since the start of the process. Do you still think that's the case? You know, I think there was a moment where it felt like the ball was in play, like it was not clear what would happen next, Mm -hmm. and that Republicans were a little unsure and were kind of keeping an eye mostly on public opinion polling because that's Mm -hmm. where politicians mostly get, you know, their own opinions, and that all of that has hardened Mm -hmm. and that it's very hard now to see anything other than a swift acquittal. So even with this like new reporting out there that, you know, you have your Susan Collinses of the world who are pushing for witnesses, the fact that John Bolton might testify and maybe we get other witnesses, you think that that still won't have an impact on how people are perceiving this trial, this whole situation? I don't think there are a lot of people who have not made up their minds and are following really closely. Oh, man. That's a true. That's a very I mean, like, specific uh, it's, Venn it's, diagram. I mean, fortunately, the tens of thousands of people who listen to this podcast hey. are, are obviously <laughs> that open-minded minority. Absolutely. But, um, I think that's a real challenge and for sort of what, what they're doing here that, you know, Trump's going to be playing to his supporters and who are going to be consuming this on Fox News, edited mm-hmm. however Fox edits it. And that's just a very different thing. That's a... Very good point, Ben. And I look forward to talking to you once this all wraps up at the very latest to see how it all played out and how it'll play out in the future. Ben, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Look forward to talking to you in, you know, April. (laughs) Okay, it's time for the latest edition of our newest segment, Trial Watch 2020. It's where we run down what's happening next in the Senate impeachment trial. So yesterday we had a bunch to get through and kind of breeze through the impeachment managers that the House named to prosecute the trial. That didn't seem right to us. And so, without further ado, introducing your starting prosecutorial lineup of House managers. At center, the King of Queens, Hakeem Jeffries. Jeffries is a member of House leadership and is seen as a possible speaker one day. He's also one of the most adroit communicators among the managers. Jeffries will be well-placed to see the big-picture politics at play as the trial moves forward. At small forward, number two on the Judiciary Committee and the Grand Dam of Impeachment, Zoe Lofgren! Lofgren has been involved in more presidential impeachments than anyone in the House, serving as a Judiciary Committee staffer during Watergate and a member of Congress when Bill Clinton was impeached. Standing at a pugilistic five foot three inches, playing power forward, Judiciary Committee Chair Jerry Nadler. Nether is here for a fight, as was evident at yesterday's press conference announcing the managers. As the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, he is well-versed with the legal implications of the case. And, fun fact, he wrote the amicus brief for House Democrats when arguing in favor of the Supreme Court allowing for marriage equality. Okay, at shooting guard, sniping and going for threes from the perimeter, we have Florida's own Val Demings. Dimmings is on both the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees, and she was the first black woman police chief in Orlando before joining Congress. At point guard, the person running plays and calling shots will be lead manager Adam Schiff. Schiff as all you listeners know by now, is chair of the House Intelligence Committee. Schiff was the public face of the impeachment hearings in the House, and it was Schiff who read out the articles of impeachment on the floor of the Senate. 
Coming off the bench will be Sylvia Garcia of Texas and Jason Crow of Colorado, both freshman members of the Judiciary and Armed Services Committee, respectively, rounding out the manager team. Garcia was a county judge before her run for office, and Crow has quickly become a leading voice on national security issues for Democrats. Ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between, your impeachment managers! Okay, as far as what's next, the Senate is adjourned as an impeachment trial for today. The trial will begin in earnest on Tuesday after the MLK Day holiday. We'll be sure to fill you in on the deets as we get closer. Also, if you have any questions about the upcoming Senate trial that you'd like answered on the show, remember, you can always send them our way. Just record it in a voice memo and email it to impeachment at buzzfeed.com or Hit me up on Twitter directly at Hayes Brown. My DMs are open. I love hearing from y'all. And that is it for today's edition of Trial Watch 2020. Okay, that's all for this week. And what a week it has been. We won't have an episode for you Monday in observance of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. But we'll be back at you Tuesday with updates on all the trial-related goings-on, plus whatever new revelations might come out over the long weekend. And uh, it sounds like there's probably going to be several. Also, we're going to revisit a conversation we had early on in the show about two guys who are now very much in the spotlight, Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman. Looking forward to it. Our show is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, and Jacopo Penzo, with editorial assistance from Tom Guerra. Editing by Josh Fisher, Taylor Hosking, and Ryan Kyloth. Additional audio engineering by Doug Baim. Julian Weller is our supervising producer. Special thanks to Mangesh Hatikader, Nikki Etor, Samantha Hennig, Maggie Schultz, and Ben Smith. Lastly, if you have not already, make sure to subscribe to Impeachment Today on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go to frequent my disembodied voice. Frequent, it's kind of a radio pun. And please, please leave us a rating and review. It's the best way to help us reach out and teach more people about this wacky thing called impeachment as we barrel through this trial. Also, tell your friends about the show as we all figure this out together. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of SI's new podcast, Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered some of the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. And now that continues on our show. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. It's time to gear up for the NFL postseason. Yes, Head over to NFLShop.com today for the largest assortment of officially licensed gear. I need it! NFL Shop is your destination for jerseys, t-shirts, headwear, and more. Oh, you're sweet with it! Come back after the game for the best selection of NFL gear anywhere. How you like that, baby? Rep your team pride with styles fit for the whole family. To shop now, go to NFLShop.com. 
Hello, and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel, and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind-the-scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions, like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back because a hoop. all professional basketball <laughs> players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven foot hoop. Yeah, listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 